Ellisol Chit Chats aims to make information available for everyone. The podcast transcripts are on ellisolchitchats.wordpress.com for the hearing impaired and those who'd like to read instead. Thank you for engaging. Suddenly I'm in a good mood again. I wasn't in a good mood. <laughs> I wasn't in a good mood. This is not going to be a review of the story, right? Like if I could just set myself aside for a second and do a review or commentary then I would. Um but I'm honestly like I, I wasn't feeling like it anymore and it's partly my own fault. So this is just going to be me reacting to people's reaction to Malcolm and Marie. Hi, my name is Reynas. This is Elisal Chit Chats. My mind is definitely bursting and I don't know if I was livid or what. Okay. Livid is too much for my energy, but I was so annoyed that I didn't want to do this commentary anymore. This week on the audience perspective. Malcolm and Marie is a beautiful film for me. Emphasis on me, like it's a beautiful film for me. And I'll tell you why momentarily. Obviously didn't invite you to join me. just so you can get an oh i'm sorry false advertising i like this film and there were some parts of it where it really came close to home right so during my research watching behind the scenes and interviews and other people's thoughts the only adjective that stood out to me was toxic but obviously from people's opinions naturally this concerned me because again Something clicked and I was like okay maybe my feelings about the authenticity pun not intended of the relationship portrayed and the arguing is wrong so let me just watch one or two things of what people have to say and let me read some reviews and then let me watch this film again people say that if you do this then your initial thoughts might be tinted by what you hear and read right But I like to analyze the piece and then I go do more research so that I don't misunderstand the intention of the creator and just, you know, con- accept the conclusion as my own. Why? I don't want someone else doing that with my content. Also, I want to understand what you are trying to say and where this idea came from. I don't view films and series as just entertainment. If I don't get it, I won't even remember it. I won't, I won't lie. If it meant nothing, don't even ask me about it. Probably it meant something to someone somewhere else, but if it meant nothing to me like it was just mindless viewing, I won't remember it. But give me a film that I got, you know, somewhere in the 5 minutes and it meant so much to me. I will tell you that entire story. I will even add the research that I found out about the story cuz that's how invested I get. Anyway, from what I've seen, <laughs> People either dumped all over this film and then I heard some, you know, some loved it. Cuz I honestly didn't come across many positive reviews from people, not critics. In fact, most of it annoyed the living crap out of me because it was repetitive. Everyone had the same thing to say about the same elements. No one had anything else to say. Or there weren't that many people who had other things to say. The age gap between the actors, the black character's perspective and Sam Levinson's supposed projection. Then people talked about 
how others are pretending to be film boffins who analyze the film techniques. I promise you, there was someone that didn't like the film, and the first thing they said before going into why the film didn't work for them was, "I have a film degree," and then proceeded to comment about how the cinematography kind of, actually, no, added nothing <laughs> to the story. Maybe I'm also exaggerating it, but this person didn't think the cinematography or anything worked to, you know, to take the story further. Hmm. <clears throat> I don't have a film degree, but I know that the attention to detail goes missing when you don't know what a story is about anymore, because a lot is being said and a lot is going on, or you got bored of the film. Let's be honest. There's a lot of dialogue and monologues in this film. A lot of things they say, the words they use. I felt like, sure, I must up my vocab. I really don't blame you. I'm not saying you don't get it. I also value your opinion, but please don't use "I have a film degree" to justify your opinions about something. I have an entire class of film students who can debate with you on that. Of course, hoping they won't turn into the kinds of people who will say they know this because they've studied film. No, you've studied law. You know law. You've studied medicine and engineering and maths. That's supposed to have set rules. You know that. But art is relative, whether you have studied the techniques or not. You learn the rules, but you're gonna break them because creativity, because feelings and psychology and your essence as an individual. Well, I really had to get that out. <laughs> so yes, getting back to toxic. The whole relationship is quote unquote toxic. So they say, and if it were them, they would have been out of this relationship in a jiffy. Story time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so Malcolm is viewed as abusive. He's yelling a lot through the film. Things are being said that really shouldn't be said. He makes really poor choices in the actual interactions with Marie. At one point, I got frightened with her closing the door, and then he forces it open and then continues to yell. That's not cool. That's very scary. I feel. Then there's one point in the film where he goes outside, punches air. I don't know what he's doing. He's just, you know, he's just cussing and he's angry. So red flags everywhere. But then he takes the physical rage and he turns it into words, and he guts Marie by saying just how much he can hurt her, and then he continues to actually do it again with his words. I won't lie, I absorb things, and if you hurt me, they all come flooding back, and I think to use them as a way to defend myself. But I would never do that because, first of all. That's now escalating things, and instead of walking away for some fresh air, you think you're defending yourself, that you are protecting yourself by showing the other person that you can hurt them just as much as they can hurt you. You're not any better, are you? You're not being strong here. <laughs> This is exactly what Marie does. Yes, he's yelling, but she's not being any better because she's also telling him his shit. How she feels about it and reacts immediately because now she's angry about what he says, so she's just gonna go for it as well. Do you think either of them are hearing each other? Even no, that's why they continue to fight. 
the way he is, he's not gonna hear it. In his heightened and bruised ego, no. And she spots this, but still, it continues. So I'm mentioning this because the comments of this relationship being toxic, I feel is kind of one-sided. And although I get where you're coming from, you can't say she doesn't have an equally bad contribution to this fight. The thing that shed this light for me was Netflix UK's video analyzing this specific fight with the help of psychotherapist Dr. Stella O'Malley. Actually, go watch that video. It starts off with asking, what's the real relationship? That which is seen by other people or that which is there when it's just the two of you? I don't know, man. Sometimes I think it's right that we learn from other people. But then sometimes you make conclusions without analyzing why things are as they are, especially with relationships. We have a lot to say about other people's relationships without really knowing what's going on. For me, Malcolm and Marie's fight was real. It was a real portrayal of how bad it could possibly get when you misunderstand each other. And don't misunderstand me when I use the word misunderstand. I mean that if you're not hearing each other, if you're not listening or considering what the other person is saying, and you just react and react, you miss the plot, dude. That's a misunderstanding. To me, that's not fighting. To me, fighting feels more physical. Like I'm risking concluding it as you are actually understanding, you're just not budging, and you're forcing things to be your way anyway. Yeah, then you guys are fighting. I'm not going to tell you what you haven't heard about Malcolm and Marie's storyline. I, I got over so much of it. There was so much that was said, so much that happened in that story that people talked about. The relationship itself, the fight and how things ended. I'm not going to talk about what was talked about in the film because A. I don't think I can do that without giving anything away. And B. I don't want you to hear it from me because I want you to watch and listen to what is being said and how it's being said. If I were either Malcolm or Marie, <laughs> I would play bits of this over to the other person because they didn't get it in the first go. Unless you hear it from the horse's mouth, you're not going to get it. I don't know if it makes sense, right? But you will only get the movie Malcolm and Marie by listening to the characters Malcolm and Marie talk. Oh, and then the age gap. <laughs> you don't know how my eyes are rolling all the way to the back of my head about it. Someone said that to them... Zendaya mostly gives them an adolescent feel. The moment Marie takes off the makeup and the lashes and you see Zendaya's beautiful face, she looks significantly younger. Zendaya and I are the same age and I'm still being asked, like, <laughs> did I skip school today? I once asked what makes people think that I'm younger than my age and I was asked, what do you think, have you seen yourself? I kind of took that very personal. And I took it personal when this person said this about Zendaya because, hello, this is a grown woman. So, just because of her physicality, like, I'm just wondering, will she ever be seen as a grown-up? This is her grown-up film. I mean, not be insulted. Does my acting not scream adult? Am I not doing a good enough job in my abilities to be taken seriously? How I look, which I can't change is always going to let me down, right? This is purely me projecting. 
I compensate for me not looking my age by wearing dukes. Can you believe that? Because I notice that people treat me differently when I'm not wearing one. When I'm wearing one, it's like, yeah, they're treating me like, yeah, okay. I feel that respect and boy, do I milk it. But I also wear a lot of dukes because I don't really wear my hair out. But you know what? The latter irritates me because I'm not a kid. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> I promise, I'm done. <laughs> I feel like this was just venting and people are gonna think they came here for a film commentary, not, you know, my Tuesday musings. So let me say what I gotta say. That was just my piece. I did say my mind is bursting, so yeah. I would just like to know what Sam Levinson's process is. Like, how do you... Unless you've had that fight and you had everything that happened during that fight fresh in your mind, there's something supernatural about you. But I heard that he had some help and consulted with Zendaya as well, probably with other people. In order to get that deep into two people's state of mind, I think you can't do it on your own. You know, that fight was genuine. I must say, usually story fights don't even take 10 minutes and then these people don't talk for long until someone apologizes at the end of the film and then we all live happily ever after. I mean, a lot happened during the fight, you know. A lot was said, a lot was reacted to. This fight felt thought through and it felt like uh, things you think, but instead of keeping them inside, you're saying them out loud and that's essentially what propels the fighting and the story. Also, big words were used, many monologues. There it does feel written. But I also think I'm not justifying why certain things are used. But I really also think like I don't speak that way, but it doesn't mean that other people don't speak that way. I remember watching I'm Thinking of Ending Things and there's one part in the car where the two characters are talking about books and then the woman who doesn't really have a name. <laughs> I can understand a lot of what she was saying and I felt bad but I also didn't register that her speaking style just changed. I was thinking about how people actually talk like that and how I wished I could talk like that. So many times I sat in my philosophy class and although I understood what were being taught, there would be a discussion and where I would use layman's terms or layman's language to discuss these ideas, people were using big words and it's not a thing of I don't understand. My marks say I do understand, but I can't talk like that and it sometimes makes me feel like, why don't I have that? <laughs> why can't I do that too? So in I'm thinking of ending things, there's a reason why this woman talks like that. I'm not gonna say why. Go watch or go read the book. So here, with the story and Malcolm and Marie arguing, I wasn't as much bothered with the complex language use. Sometimes it felt like, yeah, sure, these aren't the words that an average person uses, you know? So in order for us to get <laughs> the fight like 100% into this fight, we probably need to Google the meaning of some words. But also the punches are harder and it's exciting because I'm thinking, wow, this is how smart people throw punches. <laughs> but I love that there were breaks, you know, usually filled with music. So we can all, you know, kind of cool off from what's happened or 
when you know they are away from each other or out of the house. Speaking of the house, I wrote notes on how they have shots from outside the house showing inside the house, and then shots from inside the house showing outside. So I watched an interview where Sam Levinson was talking about certain framing and composition of the scenes, what they meant, how they contributed to the story, and I thought about how this man directs his actors and especially his cinematographer, Marcel Rave. This is beautiful. The thing that made me go nuts was the use of reflections. There are a bunch of them, but they use reflections in so many ways. And I think I've only seen two types of ways that you can use reflections in other movies and bits. I've seen Legacy do it a lot during the past week, and it fascinates me how they can trick it so the camera doesn't show. Also, the framing of these characters. Sam Levinson also said that. The decision to use a wide shot and to frame, you know, there by the bedroom with Malcolm standing outside the bedroom and Marie in it, to frame the character like that, was something he liked because in that moment it's the height of emotion. But it also shows how that feeling is translated through body language. I think I understand more of what each shot means when I go through the story, and for me, I'm a story person through and through. I appreciate all other elements more if they can make me emotionally invested in that story. One major thing I appreciated was the score and the music used. Nothing makes me feel like, oh, this is just devastating, or this is so sweet, or oh, this is nostalgic. And then I started paying attention to the cinematography and the editing, and I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm all in. I like this movie, honestly. I learned a lot so that I don't review it in ignorance because of how people perceive the relationship as abusive. What I can say is that I don't think you can have this type of argument if you haven't stayed long enough in the relationship. I say that because Malcolm and Marie know exactly what makes each other tick. They know which buttons to press. There's clearly a lot of history, but we're not talking about a year or two. It sounds deep, like it sounds like more than three years. These people have been in a relationship for a while. But also, what I took from the video with the psychotherapist—is it a psychotherapist in South Africa? We don't call it a psychotherapist, isn't it? A psychologist. <laughs> We say psycho psychologist and psych. Yeah, okay, maybe it's a something in the UA and Ireland. But it was one of the things that I took from that video. With the psychologist, psychotherapist, was that one thing about them is that they are being honest with each other. Although the argument is bad, these are two people who don't run away from conflict, and instead of running away, which can lead to a place of loneliness, they have learned and are still learning to deal with conflict. Isn't that how you come to some sort of understanding? And it also concludes with. The healthiest relationship isn't one with the least conflict. It's the one that can approach conflict honestly, and where both parties remember they care about each other, even when they're angry. Malcolm and Marie, correct me if I'm wrong. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I see, ne? I see that the conflict is bad, but maybe it's never been this bad. We're seeing one night. It's just that everything about their relationship has come out now, and maybe it was a bad time for Malcolm to grasp what's going on with Marie. 
and that's why everything got so bad. But in the midst of that fight, they still tell each other they love each other and that they'll always be there and they have been there and still reminding each other to not forget it. No, they don't go about the fight the right way. It gets nasty. But we also don't know what happened before this night. Maybe old truths were meant to come out tonight, specifically tonight, and their fights weren't that bad before. And with how things ended, we don't know what happens tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, excuse me for thinking too deeply about it, but there's not enough info for me to go, whoa, you two shouldn't be together. I somehow feel removed, like, this is none of my business, or... This is their relationship, even though we hear in 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 and even though these characters are fictional, like it's still not enough for me to go, uh, this relationship no. Unlike Richard Linklater's The Before trilogy, where you're seeing them and they're talking about their history, whatever has happened between them, whatever is happening between them, and you see their relationship the first film, then years later, the second film, then years later, the third film. Like, at least you can tell there what's happening. We know, okay, it's also taking place in real time. I feel like we have enough information with the two of them to kind of have a say about how their relationship is from what we've perceived in all three movies. But this one movie, this one night, and we're all like, no, I'm backing out, you know? <laughs> but we're not all the same, so guess we don't see things the same. But anyway, yeah, I've said quite a lot of my pieces. I probably shared things that I was meant to share in future episodes. Damn. <laughs> but maybe that will make you look forward to my story time when the time comes. You can go check out Milk and Memory on Netflix. If you have watched it. What were your thoughts? Do you agree with what I've said? Do you not agree? Am I speaking nonsense? You can tell me. <laughs> I won't bite. Please leave me comments or review wherever you listen to your podcast and let's get in touch and engage. I love talking about what I watch and I probably talk about it <laughs> a lot. But I really love this art form. I love motion picture. I can't explain why. I just do. And I have so much respect for it and I really thank you for letting me share. Remember to like, share, comment, and leave a review on your podcast channels. Can I call them channels? Didn't I just say that? Remember to do that. Also follow us on Instagram at illisil underscore sa and at chrisuray on Twitter. And remember that your thoughts are welcome. I value your opinions. I'd like to learn. So stay safe, everyone. Thank you once more for joining me and, you know, keeping this going. Thank you for sharing the love. Take care of yourself, Seeds. Hi, Raineth here. Around the time that I started my podcast, I was told by someone that they wanted to start a podcast too, but they didn't know how. Well, it has never been this easy to share your thoughts with the world. Certainly not in limited characters anyway. I joined Buzzsprouts because I wanted a podcast-friendly environment that will have the work that I do with every episode. I'm not looking back. Buzzsprouts is home to 100,000 podcasters. It's an ideal choice because not only do they give you detailed analytics to show how your podcast is doing, 
They'll give you tools to promote your episodes and an easily accessible podcast website where anyone can listen to your podcast. And because they think of your listeners' needs as well, the website will have a directory of where your episodes are available as well. If you'd like to try your hand at podcasting, Buzzsprout is an option to consider. You can use the link in our description to check it out. You will get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan and in addition, help support our show.